0: One that loads death will strikes the odd at close. For nature's law is such, when life sinks, hope floats. Do you remember this? Yeah. So, poetry, how is poetry different from any other creative writing? And like in our writing sessions, you say that everybody is a writer or rather everyone is a storyteller. So, is everybody a
1: poet? (laughs) I think nobody is a poet these days. Poetry is long dead. I don't feel there is any poet alive. If there or few here and there, it's a dwindling race on a verge of extinction. What we have today are not poets. They are poets, And there's a big difference.
0: What do you mean poets?
1: Okay. Let's understand what is a poet first okay
2: poetry basically
1: is an expression of your most deep thoughts emotions that has no other way of being channelized okay poetry is a poet revealing a nature his nature, her nature, most internal nature to the world? Okay. Now, if I say today that I am in love with trees and nature, will that part of my personality character change over a period of time? No. Because I am a nature lover. I will always be a nature lover. Now, poetry is that revealing your nature. What do pseudo poets do? They reveal their moods. Okay, so.
0: Very interesting. Come again.
1: So, why I am saying this is that if you reveal your nature in your lifespan, you write thousand poetry. It will all have that one belief system that can be precipitated to you as a person. Because you are sharing a part of yourself. You can't keep it inside. You have to throw it out. These days what people do in the name of poetry, it's more about exhibitionism. It's more about their mood swings. It's more about a play of words. You know, it's about today i might write you know i'm dumping you because you betrayed me tomorrow i'm going to write because you are my one true love i'll take you back it's mood swings anybody with the gift of uh, words fluency in a language can have a play on words but that doesn't make you a poet a poet is when you are willing to explore your true self and spit it out in front of the world without worrying how many likes you're gonna get for it. Yeah know, like any art form, why it's not just poetry? Every art form is on a verge of extinction. Why? Because an artist understands that one day he is going to create a masterpiece. 364 days is going to work on a crap. But today, when people do anything, they are thinking how it's going to be published, where it's going to be published, how many channels of distribution they have. That cannot be poetry, that cannot be a work of art, It's business.
0: So are we trying to talk about old school poets and the new age poets or you say all new age poets are pseudo poets?
1: I think any person who cannot reveal himself in his poetry should not attempt poetry. Do you feel that in a world of exhibitionism where everybody is so addicted to the various masks that they put in front of the society, they can attempt poetry today?
0: you know because i've been talking to you in the past various uh, sessions where we talk about creative writing novel writing screenplay writing story writing basically you are very uh, i feel right now you are very uh, open about it and uh, happy okay we yes, are
2: okay
0: about poetry. Suddenly it seems to me that you are very possessive
1: about poetry. No, I think I am just an agitated reader who has not been able to find a worthwhile poetry to read. I mean, uh, New Age Age or whatever you call millennial and all that, I don't see anybody capable of doing poetry, let alone uh, attempting to do poetry. I think the era of poetry died after Charles Bukowski and Paul Anka. And what we have these days are just people rehashing it, remixing it. You understand remix in music, right? I mean, it's the old song. And you can trace it with the help of Google. You can trace the words and the source of inspiration of those specific choice of words in any poet these days to from where they have taken it. So, today in a world where people are so consumed by their need for exhibitionism, in this exhibitionist society, poetry has succumbed to death. It cannot because poetry is more about Revealing yourself, not masking yourself, concealing yourself. So how can it possibly be? You're getting it. I mean, see, storytelling and uh, screenwriting, novel writing, it's an it's a art form. Okay. An art form is something that you take interest, you indulge in it, you get better at it over a period of time. Poetry is an expression. Poetry is honesty. And in a world where people cannot be honest, poetry cannot survive.
0: So I'll take it from where we stopped because I was smiling to myself when you said that the poets, or rather you said nobody is a poet right now, nobody writes poetry, they are just rehashing They are just remixing, like you said. So, according to you, the millennial or the new age or the Sulu poets, Uh are they like the DJs or the...
1: Yeah, they are the DJs. They are not the music composers.
0: So, it's like somebody... Well,
1: put. that is the difference between today's poet and the poetry we grew up learning. So...
0: So, what really interests me is, of course, uh, the old poets uh, that we, like you just said, we grew up reading, Mm -hmm. like uh, Shakespeare,
2: Mm -hmm. the
0: father of uh, writing, Mm -hmm. the father of poetry, and then uh, Ernest Hemingway. See, everybody has
1: done this because they, they were writers see there was a time when uh, of course there were analysis of poetry also but when those analysis were being conducted you could see the personality of the poet coming out Eats has a personality William Wordsworth has a personality. Rudyard Kipling has a personality. You know? And this personality, you can see throughout their poetry. It's not from one poem. Because they are revealing their nature.
0: See now That again, you know, you spoke about it uh, before also. That a poetry or a good poet reveals his nature. And in all his poetry, his nature is revealed even if he writes a sad poem or a romantic poem or a happy poem
1: okay is that yeah.
0: what you're saying i mean i am i'm, I'm confused oh, yeah this
1: yeah is I'll, totally
0: I'll new for me
1: i'll explain it when do you decide that the tears should flow now
0: i think only actors decide that
1: okay. yeah, yeah but let's not talk about the actors as a normal human being, when do we decide that the tears will flow now? When do we decide that now we will chuckle?
0: We don't decide that.
1: Because we, in that moment, that emotion is so overwhelming that it has to come out. Now, but if it's not by words, it comes through tears. If it's not by words, it might come through a chuckle or a giggle. Poetry is an emotion. You can't contain it inside, that's why it flows out. And words are just a way to express it. You know, that is why poetry cannot be confined by rules. Anybody who thinks that the poetry has to fit into a certain box that can be comprehended is getting it wrong. Poetry is a mirror to being human. So if you are just revealing yourself, as many humans are there on the planet, as many forms of poetry that can be, you know, Those are the options, those are the variations of poetry you can get. You don't have to fixate your mind on a sonnet, on a haiku. You don't have to do that. Poetry is your expression and words are just a way to do it. So
0: basically one cannot go and learn to write poetry.
1: One need not. Did you learn to breathe?
0: See, there again, you are very passionate about poetry.
1: I mean, you didn't learn. Nobody taught you to shed tears when you're experiencing sorrow or a chuckle or a giggle when you're feeling joy. That's nature. That's part of you. Poetry as a human being is part of us. You don't need to learn it. You just need to stop yourself <laughs> from being overly conscious about how to play the words so that you sound intellectual or portray a certain image of you. Like I might write poetry on politics because I want to come out as a uh, socially literate person. I want to write about uh, Love, because I want to come out as a romantic person. But if that is your nature, it might not change by the 10th poetry, right? (laughs) If it is changing, then it's not your nature, it's your mood.
0: Don't you think that even the old uh, school poets, their poetry told us about their mood, of course their nature came out. Uh, like you said, that even if uh, old school poet writes hundred poetries, his nature is flowing out through it. But don't his emotions and his moods also come?
2: Okay.
1: Let's say I'm a nature lover. Okay. I'm in the middle of a jungle and I see some people cutting trees. What will be the mood at that moment? Sad. But I'm still a nature lover. Now I go back home and I uh, have a family member. I plant a seed in the garden in a hope that someday it might grow into a tree. What would be the mood at that point of time?
2: But, fact,
1: but I'm still a nature lover.
0: Very, very good. Very simply put I understand.
1: So, I mean, your moods can change as a human being, your personality, your nature cannot change and poetry is about your nature, not about your moods.
0: And everybody will, they want to write poetry or they write a poem, it's always about, uh, how do you say, it? the rhyme. Okay. So, there are old age poets that I know. Some write with rhymes and it still flows. And Charles Bukowski I've never ever seen a rhyming poem.
1: Because there are no rules in poetry. Those who can do rhymes are not doing it deliberately, it just flows because that's the, like a French person will talk French, right? It's his language. So, because of your thought process, you can express it the way you want. There is no limitation on it. If you are good, if rhyme comes naturally to you, so be it. If it doesn't, it doesn't matter. As long as Those select choice of words have given me as an audience a glimpse into your soul. You've become a poet to me. And if it fails to do that and if it paints a picture of a beautiful landscape. Because you were gifted with words and you had a knack with using certain special rarely understood terms doesn't make you a poet. What makes you a poet is simply that when I am reading it, I can look into your soul through your words.
0: When I knew you as a writer and I've seen you so many times, I've tried this so many times with you, Giving you any topic, any subject, and you come up with an amazing story, which of course could be developed, but a story idea. So, uh, how is it with you and poetry? Like, can I give you a few words and uh, you will make a poetry around it? Or now, and now again, I'm trying to understand this because when you say it should just flow, a flow of emotions is poetry. But if I've asked you to write something,
1: I yeah, I might write, end up writing it, but maybe when it flows, it's simple, Right? I can write a uh, story, I can write a screenplay at the drop of an ad, but poetry, I think it's something that I wouldn't want to bet on because I don't want to control the reins of my poetry. If the poetry comes to me, then I am blessed. If I am uh, going to play with the words, I am being the pseudo poet. (laughs) See, I'll tell you what, you know this, there are like a lot of swimming competition, right? Um, It's a sport. even. Olympics has it. Now, I may be an ace swimmer and back to back I can beat my own record. That makes me a good swimmer, right? In the swimming pool. Out in the ocean, none of what I've learned would have be useful. You're getting it because the ocean is different. All the craft and art that we've been talking about so far, storytelling, screenwriting, novel writing, it's like swimming in the swimming pool. Poetry is diving into the ocean.
0: Again very well put.
1: So Yeah.
0: So basically when you said Nature and mood, okay, so I know when I read your poetry, it is in your nature and your nature comes out. But many of your poems also also tell me your mood at that particular mm-hmm. time when you wrote it, mm-hmm. like when you've written a couple about Lara Nasi.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You've actually... I could feel that you have been to Varanasi, you've seen it and only then it flowed. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have just come if somebody told you to write about Varanasi. Mm -hmm. Then I saw Varanasi through your eyes. Mm -hmm. I could have seen Varanasi through somebody else's eyes if I was reading something about them. Uh, But what I saw through your eyes, I could really make out. And uh, you talked a lot about death Mm -hmm. uh, in that particular poem like the one that I started uh, on our talk with uh, I would want to delve into a little bit more it's this particular uh, four, five lines is a part of your three or four verses of this poetry but by far this is my most favorite mm-hmm. of everything that I have read uh, of your poems which I think I will take it up In every session, you know, I will uh, start off with my most favorite and then go on. It's going to be a very nice... uh,
1: I think there are many poems I have written around death, carcass, and many others because I'm fascinated by the idea. So, again, like I say, no matter which stage of my life I am, that part will show up in my work.
0: No, I mean, you've written poetry about death because you just said it fascinates you. There is some which is dark. But some that is
1: nice. Yeah, but the idea that that consumes my thought is me. That is me. Now, I might say it in different words at different stages of my life, but I am still talking about death because that one thing is haunting in my thoughts. You understand? Now, I see it as a beautiful culmination of... uh, a beautiful story that the God has written. You know, it's the final act. So for me, the final act is the most important part of a story. So how you die will justify everything that you have done throughout your life. It is that one moment. Imagine the intensity of existence in that one single moment that In that one moment, everything that you have been through, gone through, will be decided whether it was worthwhile or not. Whether it was a waste of breath or it was a purposeful existence. So, for me, that final act is very interesting.
0: Yeah, now this one, you know, because I said it is my most favorite verse. Now, what we just talked about that, you know, the final act. And uh, I've always wanted to ask you this Mm. very personal note, you know, when you wrote this one, like for instance when you wrote about Varanasi, I think Carcass is is about Varanasi,
1: right? No, uh, Carcass was long after Varanasi and I've written several others, but uh, this was about when I was shooting in uh, Banaras. So this was long... Many years apart.
2: Which so, is one that I am talking
1: about? Uh, no, I am not sure which one you have you are picked the up. The
0: one which I started off our thing with. One that loads death will strike the odd at floats. For nature's law is such, when life sinks, hope floats.
1: That was long be- before uh, Benares. Yeah.
0: Okay, yeah. So from here I do not find any connection to mm-hmm. Varanasi. But still, I wanted to dwell into your mind mm. because I read this poem and uh, when we hadn't met. So, I didn't know what kind of a person, what kind of a personality, what kind mm. of nature uh, you were. I just knew you as a writer. But this had always struck a chord with me. And I wanted to know. And now, even though this is a very great chance that after... So many years of us moving each other so closely, I want to talk about it. What was this poem about and what made you write this?
2: See, I'll tell you what.
1: Recently, because of what has been happening around the world, My mother and I constantly talk about death. And she gets sometimes caught up with the stress of the situation, about everything. And I keep telling her, that is the only good thing that can happen to us, right? See, today we are alive. Are we really enjoying our life? We are stressed out. We are frustrated. Nobody I see around can have a genuine smile for a good one minute. So, why such a fascination with life if you can't even enjoy it? If death comes, then that should be a welcome change, you know. Because then there is no ordeal, it's the culmination of all your challenges and conflicts. It's everything put to rest, including you, you know. So, I see that, did we get a choice with life? Did we choose to be born? No. So, the same way, like that was random, death is random, right? then why do we take that this is beautiful and that is not beautiful? Both are the creation of God, right? So if you look at that as a picture of creation and you getting an opportunity to exist between these two random incidents, the only thing that you can do about it is cherish it. Enjoy it. Be blessed that you have got this opportunity. Now, uh, how do we start feeling that, you know, this is our birthright. It can't be taken away from us. Like, we earned life. No, we didn't earn life. It was given to us. It will be taken away in the same fashion. Then, how do we Start getting so possessive about life and not about death. I'm getting it? For me, if you see both of this, life and death, as a beautiful phenomena, and you having a chance to experience both of them, the only thing you can do is marvel at it. And out of joy, can only think that can crop up is ecstasy. You can't have any other emotion. So every moment, right? If I'm on a street and I just managed to barely survive being run over by a truck, I should marvel at the randomness of the incident and feel that I was given another opportunity. Rather, think that what would have happened if I had not survived. You understand? So, human nature we like to talk about all these positive traits, hope, and everything, but we never practice it. We like to quote these words, but we never practice it. We like to talk about God, but see, what is the idea of God? You're saying there is a creator up above, wherever he is, who gave me my life, who is the utmost powerful, almighty, and he's looking after me. If that is the case, a human being who believes in God cannot get angry. Because what is anger? You are believing that you have been wronged.
0: So do you believe in God? I don't. So you have full rights of dating anger.
1: See, I will tell you about how I look at this. There was a short film that I had written long back, Polar Truth. There are people who believe in God, and there are people who don't. I am the guy who is always in the middle about things. I hate extremes for this very reason. If you are in light, you can see certain things. If you are in dark, you can't see it. But just because you can't see it, doesn't mean that it is not there. Now, a person in the light is arguing with the person in the dark. And I'm sitting and listening to both arguments. I'm saying, I have no clue who is right and wrong and I don't care because I'm too busy leaving. My life is given to me as a gift. I don't want to waste any breath. Philosophizing, uh, thinking or uh, for that matter, uh, documenting anything. I, for me, every breath is a gift. Because I understand whether God exists or not, whether science, whether it's a creation of science or spirituality, The fact of the matter is, what I know is that life was random and death is random. And I am in the middle given the opportunity to experience both.
0: Very beautiful, okay. But you still didn't answer my question about one that looks death will strike the order.
1: It says the same thing.
0: No, I wanted to. Of course, it says the same thing. My question to you was, when did you write this? And what was your frame of mind when you wrote this? Or See, you just said that poetry is an emotion that flows out. Just like tears go out. So I want to go to the situation where you wrote this, there must have been something that inspired you to write this. Now I might
1: have witnessed death around the time, <laughs> I'm not very sure. But uh, I know one thing about myself that uh, I never attempt poetry, poetry happens to me.
0: Yeah, yeah, that is my only answer. So I'm pretty so sure, sure that... it doesn't look like an attempted uh, effort, you know, this looks like it's, it's like just flown. Mm. You know you very beautifully talked about hope and you said some people very loosely take this word hope. So I remember uh, Shashank Redemption, the film, and uh, he writes this on the prison wall. And that also stayed for me for so long where uh, he says hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. Now, you know, over here, we are talking about death and hope that never dies. But I don't know how to put it. It's again in this particular four lines of yours. It's so beautifully put that even if you have talked about death, when you said hope floats, you know, it just takes me there that it is one of the best best
1: things. See, I'll tell you what those words mean. In those lines, hope means soul. So even if you are dying, you are still alive, so that there is hope. See,
0: if everybody kept this hope alive. Not as like you say, of course, you overheard when you say that hope is the soul. And if you go deeply talking into it, then of course, you know, the soul never dies. But talking about life and sometime back when you talk that people uh, fear death, like you just said, you talked about your mother, that it's not only all, I think majority of the people fear death. I think that's because they don't want to lose. So, you know what Buddha calls, is, calls as Maya. So, Hmm. Mohamaya, so I think even attachments, he talks about
1: attachments. No, no, this is wrong, to be honest. I mean, you want to be attached with something, let that only give you joy, okay? See, as a human being, I think uh, earlier also we were talking about, right? I say to people that be the most selfish person in the world. Be the most selfish person. That means at each moment you have to do only one thing, keep yourself happy. It will eventually dawn upon you that the only way to achieve that is by not messing with others. (laughs) Happiness is something that can be shared. You know, you give grief to others, you give hatred to others, it takes away a part of you, it kills you from inside, it, you get rotten. So if you are selfish, the only thing you can experience is compassion.
0: But see, your way of putting or understanding selfish, because you know like uh, when we talked about uh, one of the sessions in screenwriting, or, you know, about writing, we talked about conflict and I said that conflict always meant argument. For me, it was always, before you could explain it to me, for me, it was always a negative aspect. But when you explained about conflict in a hero's journey, it need not be negative. It needs to be there and conflict need not mean argument. We cleared that very well. Now also when you are talking about being selfish, I think selfish as a word is always taken as negative because the opposite of being selfish is being selfless. And a selfish person is not a nice person and a selfless person is a nice
1: person. No, see, let's assume.
0: Why assume? I am saying that you have put it so beautifully that it's full for thought. Like
1: being selfish See, means I am caring about myself. So if you are caring about yourself, would you waste your time in hatred, knowing well that it burns you from inside? Would you waste your time in anything that is eating you from inside, taking something away from you? So, be selfish by all means. But be genuinely selfish. Don't be (laughs) pseudo-selfish.
0: And then again when we talked about hope and you said hope is soul, but when in Shashank he talks about hope being one of the best things, I think if everybody keeps the hope alive, nobody would want to go and take their life. So, suicide would not be there, you know, because, because nothing would Then you just just hope for the best thing, and hope
1: is one of the good things. No, suicide by itself is not wrong. Okay. Suicide by itself is not wrong. The reason behind suicide decides whether that act becomes wrong or right. Okay. For example, killing another being by itself is not wrong. As humans, If we eat meat, we are killing another being, okay? Forget animals, we're killing plants. We're consuming from the nature, right? For our survival, because that is how it is given to us. It has been provided in a way that we survive. So in that sense, killing was not supposed to be wrong. But if I kill someone because I am angry at someone. I kill someone because I want to acquire someone's property. Then that makes it wrong. Same way. Suicide by itself is not wrong. Many sages have done this. We call it Samadhi. Suicide when they do is that I am grateful to the opportunity that you have given me and I have served my purpose. Now there is nothing more to be done from my side. Take me away. So if that is the thought, if it comes from contentment, by all means. killing a patient on Deathbed wants to free his family of the burden, decides euthanasia. There's nothing wrong in it. It's the biggest gift you can give to anybody, your life. But what intent you have behind that act makes that act good or bad? By itself, none of these acts are wrong. You understand? If I have failed in 10th standard and I can't bear the pressure of people judging me and I'm committing suicide. That is, you being timid, right?
0: very good things i learned new things i learnt from this whole session
2: okay